You are tuning in to On The Money with Dynamic Funds, a podcast series that delivers access to some of the industry's most experienced active managers and thought leaders. We're sitting down to ask them the pertinent questions to find out their insights on the market environment and navigating the investment landscape. Welcome to another edition of On The Money. I'm Mark Brisley, Head of Dynamic Funds. You know, given the market uncertainty stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic, it was interesting to note in a recent survey I read by the Investment Planning Council, a financial advice dealer here in Canada, where they found that almost three quarters of Canadian investors believe they need financial advice to be successful in the future, and that appreciation for advisors is on the rise. But what can investors do to better understand the role and responsibilities of a registered financial advisor and how can investors get the very best from their advisors? Here to help us answer that question today is my guest, Ellen Besner, who spends a lot of her time thinking about how this relationship between investor and advisor can be improved. Ellen's a lawyer at Babin Besner Spry LLP with 25 years of experience in compliance in the financial services industry and a regular contributor to national business and industry press. Ellen is also a best-selling author of Advisor at Risk, A Roadmap to Protecting Your Business, and the sequel, Communication Risk, How to Bridge the Client-Advisor Gap to Protect and Grow Your Business, which explores the communication gap between advisors and their clients and how to improve this relationship. I don't think there could be a better time than today to have Ellen joining us and, and thrilled that she's able to be here. Ellen, you don't have to look very far to see conversations and, and even to some extent, you know, negative pressures on the value of advice and the relationship between investors and advisors. From where you sit and the role that you play in this equation, you also must have some concerns about the client-advisor relationship. Thank you for that great introduction. As you know, many relationships succeed or fail based on the quality of communication. If clients and advisors communicate better with each other, they will work better together toward getting clients' goals met. For some reason, sometimes the media puts advisors and their clients on opposite sides of the table. But I know that advisors want their clients to be happy. The key to this is both advisors and clients knowing what their roles are and what they can each bring to the table to make for the most successful client-advisor relationships. Clients need to know what to expect from their advisor, what the advisor can deliver, what the advisor cannot deliver, and how to choose an advisor and how to make that relationship most productive for themselves that is to set achievable goals and actually meet those achievable goals. If clients communicate to advisors clearly so their advisors understand what they want and what they expect, it will help bridge any communication gap or gap in understanding between clients and their registered advisors. The intention is to help improve relationships between advisors and their clients so the clients meet their own financial goals and set their expectations reasonably. People are already so stressed about money, Mark. Their investments, whether they have enough money to retire or whether they will ever be able to buy their own home or reach their personal financial goals. So they should not have to have that added worry associated with their relationship with their advisor. 
However, advisors need to understand enough about their clients so they can help them. So when you say that advisors need to understand enough about their clients, to some that may seem obvious. Um, and obviously it's in the effort of them being able to help them. But what is the problem and concern then that you seem to be raising here? Well, Mark, can I use an example to explain how between advisors, any professionals we seek advice from, like lawyers or dentists or doctors, how communication is a two-way street? Yeah, that would be excellent. Please go ahead. I'm, I'm definitely interested. So if you went to the doctor and complained about skin discoloration and the conversation went something like this, you tell the doctor, doctor, I have discoloration on the skin on my arm. Can you give me some cream for that, please? And say the doctor says or asks you, does it hurt? And you in your own mind, you don't want to seem like a complainer. So you say, no, no pain. When in reality, you're in pain. You feel a terrible pressure. It's uncomfortable. The doctor asks you, when did it first appear? And you're vague. Why? Because it's a month later and you're embarrassed that you waited so long to call the doctor to make an appointment. The doctor seems concerned and asks whether there are any other parts of your body that have this discoloration, almost like a bruise-like. And you don't tell the doctor that the bruise color has also shown up on different parts of your body. Why? You're in a rush. You don't want to take off your clothes. You're trying to get to your next obligation. So I say, can the doctor diagnose what is wrong with you, better or worse, with these answers? If the doctor is basing the diagnosis on wrong or incomplete information, the diagnosis will likely be flawed. This is actually a true story, Mark. People are not forthcoming with their professionals for many reasons. In this case, the doctor didn't see the bruising on all parts of this person's body. And by the time they found out that it was indeed all over their body, it was really too late. And this was leukemia, it was cancer. So you wanna make sure that you understand how this analogy can also apply to an investment or mutual fund or insurance advisor. Many people who see their insurance or mutual fund or insurance advisor are also self-conscious. They're embarrassed to show, for example, how little they may understand or that how little they have saved, or even they're not sufficiently self-aware to know even what their own personal goals are. And that creates an embarrassment. Whatever people know about themselves, or more importantly, what they don't know, needs to be shared with their advisors. So the advisors, kind of like a doctor, can help clients solve their financial concerns and develop what their goals are and meet those financial goals. Let's assume for a second that all people listening today are in fact open and transparent with their advisors. What can and should they expect from their advisor in that conversation going forward? Well, Mark, clients can expect quite a lot. So let's just say number one, registered advisors can help clients articulate what they want to achieve, their own personal goals. So if you share your personal information with your registered advisor, then the advisor can help clients understand whether these goals are achievable 
or possible, and what is not possible or achievable. They can work with you to set those reasonable goals. For example, you might want to know if you can afford to buy a house or take a big trip that you've always wanted to take, or you might want to retire by a certain age. The registered advisor can help ascertain what that would cost and when or whether you could afford to make those purchases, go on that trip or retire. It might be that you are a better saver than you thought and you can actually afford it sooner, maybe right away. Or on the flip side, it may be that you've not saved enough money and the advisor can help you determine how you can better save to meet those specific goals. Your advisor can help you set reasonable goals based on your history and based on the market's history. Your advisor can help you see what's possible and what is not possible, working with you to set those reasonable goals. So that's one thing. A second thing, registered advisors can help you ascertain your ability to tolerate drops in the market and in your personal investments. This is sometimes hard for clients to know on their own. The clients need to have open dialogue with their advisors so advisors can help a client do two things. One, visualize how you would feel if there was a drop in the market to determine if you could emotionally handle it. And two, whether you would be able to afford such a drop. How would it impact your ability to maintain your lifestyle? Those are two completely separate questions that can only be determined from open dialogue with your advisor asking the right questions. And from that, a third component of what an advisor can do for you is they can draw up a plan, a path to get you there. And that is absolutely key. And then furthermore, kind of relating to assessing how you would be able to tolerate drops in the market, they can steer you through market shifts, helping you to stick to your plan in good times when you might become more aggressive about your investments and in bad times where you might feel like selling everything and getting right off the path that you had drawn up. If you do not set your risk right and you don't have clear goals and a clear investment plan, you run the risk of being overcome by fear and selling when markets fall. But if all is set with your advisor, then your advisor will remind you of all the reasons why you need to stick to your plan and not sell when your investments are at their lowest. And then finally, also what is key, is that your circumstances might change for better, like getting a nice bonus, or a raise at work, or an inheritance, or for worse, like losing your job, or having an unexpected health or other expense. But if you communicate this up or down in your personal circumstances to your registered advisor, they can help you shift things to adjust to your new circumstances. Personally, that is what I like most about my advisor. When things change, I call my advisor immediately and I get help. 
It helps me shift again for better or for worse. So you've made it clear then why you say clients need to share information with their advisor. And, and really, it seems what you're talking about is, is a two-way street in communication, sometimes easier said than done. Can you talk a little bit more just about how important this is? So frankly, two-way communication between you and your registered advisor is absolutely key. The more open you are about your spending habits, your finances, your personal career, and everything in your personal life, your goals, your dreams, your fears, the better your registered advisor can help you set and achieve your financial goals and the more likely you are to actually achieve success. Your advisor can also push back if there's a feeling that your goals are unreasonable and then help you manage your own expectations and set reasonable and realistic goals. Keep in mind that it is your advisor's duty to find out about your financial circumstances so that he or she can really ascertain what you're able to achieve and to help you get there. This is one of the reasons that there are regulations specifically about this area called the Know Your Client Rule. So if your advisor seems to be pressing you for information, don't think to yourself that this is overly invasive. Instead, know that this advisor is looking out for your interests and also meeting regulatory obligations. Mark, with your permission, I'll use another analogy. Please do. So let's say you want to buy a better house and a great car, but you also want to retire in five years. If your advisor knows all of your circumstances, your personal assets, your obligations or liabilities, your spending, and the cost of your present and anticipated future lifestyle, your advisor will be able to review all your information and help you get there or explain the trade-offs you have to make. Without full information, the advice that you're gonna be given is quite limited to choosing investments for the money you have in your account as opposed to bigger and better and helping you meet your personal goals. Another reason why two-way communication is so key is about the regularity of contact. Regular contact, especially as you change, and people change way more frequently now than ever before, whether it be that you become fearful given economic circumstances, maybe there's something you read or your personal circumstances have changed, like you lost your job or on the flip side of the coin, there might be good news. A registered advisor can help you adjust your investment program to meet those changing needs or help you with the discipline of sticking to your investment program. And sticking to your plan, Mark, is an important factor for financial success. Studies have shown that people who get professional investment advice achieve greater net worth because they avoid those common behavioral investment errors by sticking to their plan. It's a great point. And there's so much you know, empirical data that shows those that use advisors uh, end up with greater savings rates. Uh, and these are in published studies. Uh, this is also very helpful. And now that you've laid out what advisors can do for clients and what the expectation of the client should be from the advisor, 
What are some of the misconceptions do you think that clients might believe advisors can do, but that advisors actually cannot do? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's really important to know what your advisors cannot do for you. So number one, they don't have a crystal ball. They can't, you know, go in and out of the market called timing the market. They can't do that. Number one, they're not allowed to do that. The regulators frown upon it. But more importantly, they don't know when the best time is to get in and out of the market. So timing the market is not something they can do. They also can't know for sure which stocks are winners and which are losers. They can study the stocks, they can get all kinds of research, but things happen in companies or in investments that are unpredictable that even a registered advisor can't know every time. That's the beauty in diversifying your account because some will be winners and some will not. And hopefully on a balance, you do fine with your investments and meet your personal goals. And related to that, they can't predict how the market will go. They can't know when are we at the bottom? When are we at the top? Is it gonna go up? Is it gonna go down? There's no crystal ball that will tell them that. And on the issue of communication, advisors cannot read their clients' minds. They can ask questions and gather information and data, as I alluded to before, but they have no idea what's in clients' minds. They also can't know when you changed. That's why it's so important to call your advisor if you have a personal financial change or a personal change that may impact your financial situation. Unless you tell your advisor, they won't know. And then they can't adjust your situation, adjust your investments to help you deal with them. So an advisor can definitely not read your minds. Although, of course, they would like to, you need to be telling your advisor what's going on. So and those are great points about what an advisor cannot do. You know, unfortunately, I think we've seen, especially in the media with certain types of advertising, where there are organizations that have professed that, you know, ad advice is, is not worth it and that doing it yourself is, is the better way. And I, I think we all understand why that's not the case. But from time to time, we do read about, typically in the media, uh, coverage on advisors that have not behaved well, in some instances as serious as fraud. How can investors avoid becoming involved with advisors that are you know, perhaps going down that particular road? So Mark, in every profession, there are some bad apples, but many of the ones that clients read about in the paper are actually not registered advisors. They're fraudsters who were never registered advisors. These are unregistered people posing as advisors and therefore not registered with any government body. You'll notice that I've mentioned through this podcast, I mention registered advisors. I don't just say advisors. Registered advisors answer to government bodies that have the job of watching them and making sure they have the necessary proficiencies and are acting within the rules and in clients' interests. If registered advisors don't do that, they can be penalized publicly, which means their reputation goes down the tubes. It's very important for all clients to verify 
that the advisor who they are hiring is actually registered with the Provincial Securities Commission, the Mutual Fund Dealers Association of Canada, or the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada, or one of the provincial regulators. If your advisor sells you insurance, they must be registered with the licensing organization in your province. So registered advisors are professionals like lawyers, doctors, dentists, or accountants. In the same way you might seek out a doctor with whom you feel comfortable and who you can trust, you should also seek out a suitable advisor who will take the time to understand your needs and goals. You and your advisor should sit on the same side of the table, working together as partners to set and achieve your financial goals and not rush through any process of just trying to sell you stuff. That's likely a fraudster. So in, in listening to all of that so far then, I think the question might be most important to our listeners is how do I choose and what do I look for in an advisor? So I'm glad to share with you a few of the most important criteria. So first of all, choose a registered advisor with competencies and who are registered for products and services that you want or need. So sometimes that means you've got to make a list and ascertain what you need. And you may not even know what you need until you start meeting these advisors or speaking to people who you know and trust as to what they get from their advisor. Number two, choose an advisor with whom you can share your personal information history, and concerns. Someone with whom you feel comfortable asking questions and who answers your questions clearly and directly. Tell your advisor what you know and don't know so that they can explain things appropriately. For example, if you don't understand your statements, ask your advisor to explain them. Make sure you review these and understand them. You may need more than one tutorial and make sure your advisor or whoever he delegates this to is patient in this regard. If you're interviewing to find a new advisor, consider in advance what you want and what you don't want from an advisor. Do you want a plan, a financial plan? Do you want a tax plan? Do you want annual or semi-annual meetings? Do you want a diversified portfolio? Or do you only want certain types of investments? How they will communicate with you and how often may be important to you. So make a list of the kinds of things that you expect or want from your advisor. And you can start with asking yourself these questions. The other thing you want to think about, very often when there's a partnership, a spouse or a life partner, they want to consider you know, what their own interests are and what their own expectations are. And sometimes the expectations are quite different from each other. Ensure that whoever the advisor is, that the two of you are meeting with, considering to retain, can accommodate what might be very differing expectations. Consider whether a joint account makes sense with your spouse or partner. Is it appropriate? If you have completely different risk profiles, it may make sense not to have a joint account. And sometimes it might make sense 
to choose different advisors if they can't find an advisor who can meet both spouses' needs. And then finally, choose an advisor who can develop milestones for your investments, maybe one, three, five years or more, and is prepared to assess regularly whether these milestones are being achieved. So you've mentioned quite a number of things then to help clients choose an advisor. Is there anything else they should ask their prospective advisor or even their existing advisor if they don't already know some of the things you've discussed? Yes, for sure. They may want to ask whether the advisor has worked with people like them before. Everybody's unique and everybody's different. So you may have certain characteristics or it may be your age or your assets or particular requirements that you have that you wanna make sure that that advisor has the experience and they can meet those needs. And does the advisor have the necessary experience to address your particular issues and goals? Number two, you may wanna ask, and I would suggest you do ask, how advisors are compensated. Don't be embarrassed to ask this question. Ask how they get paid and how is it calculated? Remember that the least expensive advisor is not necessarily the best value for you. Consider what they bring to the table. Third, what are the logistics associated with meeting your advisor? If the advisor you're interviewing is very far from you, consider how you'll be able to arrange meetings and factors that may enter into your decision. Now with COVID pandemic, do they use video conferencing? Do they use the phone? Are you comfortable with all of that? And then finally, I would ask if I were you, what is the advisor's process? What process will they follow to develop and meet your goals? If this is an existing relationship with your advisor who has not yet made this clear, don't feel that you need to leave your advisor. Now start with open communication with your existing advisor Ask them all these questions to make it clear now. Well, Ellen, this has been incredibly insightful and really want to thank you for providing these insights to our listeners. You've laid out a very clear path to how both advisors and their clients can work together to achieve a harmonious and beneficial relationship. And, you know, given your comments on the current environment we find ourselves in, it really couldn't be any more important at any other time. We're really happy that you were able to join us. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been a delight as always working with you and your team. In the meantime, I encourage all of our listeners to download a PDF of Ellen's Investor's Guide, which will be made available on our website at dynamic.ca for a limited period of time. We feel there is no time more appropriate than now to seek out the services of a qualified financial advisor and invest with advice. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to another edition of On The Money with Dynamic Funds. For more information on Dynamic and our complete fund lineup, contact your financial advisor or visit our website at dynamic.ca. This audio has been prepared by 1832 Asset Management LP and is provided for information purposes only. Views expressed regarding a particular investment, economy, industry, or market sector should not be considered an indication of trading intent of any of the mutual funds managed by 1832 Asset Management LP. These views are not to be relied upon as investment advice 
nor should they be considered a recommendation to buy or sell. These views are subject to change at any time based upon markets and other conditions, and we disclaim any responsibility to update such views. To the extent this audio contains information or data obtained from third-party sources, it is believed to be accurate and reliable as of the date of publication. But 1832 Asset Management LP does not guarantee its accuracy or reliability. Nothing in this document is or should be relied upon as a promise or representation as to the future. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compound total returns including changes in unit values. And reinvestment of all distributions does not take into account sales, redemption or option changes or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated.